Hey folks, welcome back to the DC3 cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Vince and Zach. And we are here to talk about the comics that are coming out on the 22nd of August 2023, starting with Night Terrors number four. This issue is written by Joshua Williamson, illustrated by Giuseppe Camoncoli, Stefano Nessi, and Caspar Wingard. Um, so we have had quite the roller coaster, boys, uh, on this book with uh things going from you know cautiously optimistic to frustrated at pacing to very frustrated at pacing. This is technically the end of the miniseries, but it's not the end of the event because of the weird way that this event is structured. There is another issue next week that wraps this up. But how do we feel about issue number four? Vincey, I'm looking at you to start. <laughs> how can you feel any way about this? <laughs> I I just, I continue to be fine. I continue to find it to be such a nothing event. Um. DC, DC has a real problem making me believe, and I, I don't know what the issue is. I don't think this is just it's a issue really, four. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, I, I don't think this is a, a Williamson problem necessarily. I, as trite as it is to say this, it may be like a marketing problem or a brand problem or a just how DC structures an event these days problem. But I, this is a, a, a world spanning threat that I don't feel is any kind of threat. I don't, I don't believe. Um, I don't believe it. Are you going to keep doing this? I was, <laughs> the girl was mine. That's our, that's our thing. I know. I'm trying to arrive at a point here, maybe. Um, if I can get there, I'll stop. <laughs> well, I just, I'm struggling because because it is such a nothing, like, uh, the world is supposed to be affected by this, right? And technically you, it is. You don't feel any of that until maybe the very end, and the event is basically over. Um... I, I I don't know. And then, and then like, there's a very confusing part at the end where um, Insomnia says, uh, if you die in the nightmares, you die in real life too. And then he like sl slits his own throat and then his body dies in the real world. But then he's all, he's also okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I he's do. In the, I, I don't. I th I think I can like. It's. You were right. That is dumb. But I can wave that away with like comic book logic of like yes. You know he's like sure. he's, it's magic. You know it's whatever. It doesn't matter. But then why say it? Why does it matter then? Why, because why he's does... killing dead man. That's why. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't kill he, dead man. He, he didn't kill dead man but, though. See, it, well, yes, that that and that is my problem because to me that only makes sense if he's killing quote killing yes. himself to allow dead man to die. Because <laughs> yeah. you didn't bring that part up. That's the part I have the problem with. I don't really care that he's 
dead but not in the uh in in the comic i care that the entire reason for him to do that doesn't happen well no he i thought he killed himself so that he could get the nightmare because like the nightmare stone needs a sacrifice or whatever and they you know we keep beating like uh, that was like in the flashback and everything so like he he made himself the sacrifice to do the nightmare stone bullshit see that yeah, to, but he to, still but he still lives then like what but, is the my read, I, I think my read on that is because he made the nightmare world the real world and because he was in the i don't know that's, that's just like th- that's correct but you see how this like it's dumb. It's still dumb. There's no dramatic weight to any of it because, yeah. yeah, yes, yeah, yes. No, that part is dumb. But nothing, like nothing, will eclipse how dumb the flashback is. Oh, his insomnia's oh, the, worst the, crime is that outfit. Am I right? The fucking <laughs> Justice League shirt and the cargo shorts. Yeah, yeah. Jesus but, Christ. That that I read that part and I could I honestly couldn't believe that what I was reading that like this guy's whole deal is that he comes home from work and the Justice League was fighting a kaiju down the street and he's like, but it'll be fine. They said we should evacuate, but we shouldn't. And then literally like seconds later, his house explodes and he's mad about it. And it's and it's just doing the Batman versus Superman conflict again. With... It's almost comical, really. Like, yeah. I mean, like, it's never funny that you know, like, someone that when people die, but when fake people it, die in a comic, when, when fake people die in a comic from <laughs> such like idiocy, it's almost kind of fun. And like, his, just his reaction where he's just like, "Justice League, where are you?" It's it's <laughs> one of the dumbest things I've ever read. <laughs> I um it's funny because I I read this uh, on Friday I think right as I was putting together a reader poll for Multiversity because Marvel sent out a press release calling Spider-Man Reign the most notorious Spider-Man story of all time and I was like that's horseshit and so I put together a list of of more notorious stories and I was just reading back like all the different JMS events that happened whether it's like um What's the one where Norman Osborn is the father of Gwen Stacy's kids? Oh, yeah, um, yeah I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. or like, yeah, or, I don't know if that's Sins of the Father. I, 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 I think that's so, right, yeah. It's something Sins, it's not Sins of the Father, but it's uh, Sins, sins, sins of the Past? Sins of the Past, I think, or Sins what, Past or something like that. It might be Sins Past, yeah. But anyway, I was just thinking, like, as dumb as this stuff is, it's not as dumb as as early 2000s Spider-Man stuff. Oh, so, no. Yeah. That, that is my only solace in reading this book, is just that it's not quite the dumbest thing I've ever read. Wait, was Superman Ra- or Spider-Man Reign the one where, like, Mary Jane died from Spider-Jizz? Is that what that <laughs> yes, one it, was? Yes, it's the Dark Knight Returns of, of Spidey comics. Yeah. I feel like no one even really talks about that other than like so, to make the joke. Now there is a sequel to it coming out. Oh, and that that that's why this was said that way. But uh but regardless, but this does feel like the really really bad Spider-Man stories that we got back then where I feel like I feel like the entire modus operandi for Spider-Man in the early 2000s was just like let's fuck it all up. Let's just let's break everything and see what happens at the, on the other side of it. And this almost feels like them saying, like, well, we don't know what to do with event books anymore. So fuck it. Let's just let's just do 
Let's just do the fun stuff of an event book and not worry about the actual plot. Let's just have tie-ins and let's have uh you know a superstar creator as the as the writer, but let, but the story doesn't really matter. Yeah, but it's it's not even interesting enough to be to be mad about something that happens in it, like in in the way that those bad Spidey stories are. Sure, sure, yeah. I mean, I get where you're going with that, but like, I said this on uh, on on Blue Sky the other day, which I I guess I'm on. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, we're never like DC and Marvel are so good at at purposefully creating mediocrity that we were never going to see something horrendously as offensive as like the, the Norman Osborn and Gwen Stacy stuff ever, ever again. Uh, I, I see you. I see your argument. And I raise you current one of wildcats. I mean, they're... I've not, I've not kept up with it. Neither so... have I, but I know it's yeah. shit. But even <laughs> that, that I feel like was not like, right. That's bad, but is there any is there any choice in there that is so sure? Okay, uh, like okay. Fe- you know what I mean, okay. like like, sure. like yeah. mid two thousands Jeff Loeb comics. Yeah, you know, like yeah, yeah, like or I mean the the most recent thing we've had that I I think would straddle that line or or, or cross that line maybe is the um, heroes in crisis the heroes in crisis Wally stuff like yeah char- character assassination like they just don't do that anymore. Or they don't do like shocking, edgy choices. The aesthetics are edgy. Like Insomnia comes off as a very edgy character, but everything that happens is so safe and so stakesless. Um, and, and that's my big problem. And so, so all this wacky stuff at the end, like I, I can make fun of how, uh, uh, you know, this comic book logic is. Ha- and I, hey, you know me, I can go along with comic book logic just fine but mr batman has never killed somebody yeah well he hasn't i mean it'd be different if he had but he just hasn't it's just a fact um but dc's own pr has confirmed (laughs) that he has that's true (laughs) but the the point is all of this comic book logic at the end of this issue goes out of its way to make sure that everything is going to be all right for everybody. And (laughs) you're doing it too. My boy. (laughs) I'm going to naked fight both of you. (laughs) To reference an off mic conversation we were having. Um, I, you know what I'm saying though? Like that I just don't feel any of the stakes here. And it's easy to say, well, it's a comic book. If they say that the whole world is in danger, you just gotta kind of go along with it. Well, okay, but there are so many stories over the years that are so much better at selling that to you. I feel like every DC event these days, the climax takes place at the end of the flash movie, which I haven't seen, but like everybody was dunking on that movie on, on social media because the climactic battle takes place in like a, uh, basically an empty, uh, studio lot and a blue screen and absolutely nothing going on in the, in the locale, you know, that's every DC comic event to me. That's how this all feels. And, I guess me saying that it's it's more of a problem that I have with DC in general 
than this particular issue. Although this issue is certainly uh, <laughs> guilty of that. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with with any of that. Um, I, he, here is the thing that is that is making me so batty about all of this. I just, I don't know when DC decided that the events didn't have to matter at all anymore. Like I, I understand that not every event can be a crisis level threat, and I understand that that gets just as tired. If every single, if if twice a year there's an event that's threatening to wipe all of existence off the planet, and it affects every single book, that that's a stale formula as well. We are we're all aware of that, but. We all also remember JLAPE and these other events that happened that are like routinely looked back on as just, you know, utter, utter garbage. And you would think that they would, that there'd be a lesson learned from that, that there's a balance in between. You don't have to have these like crazy, you know, world ending events all the time, but you need to do something so that you're not just the modern day JL ape. And I feel like DC has just decided that no, actually, it's fine. You can do that. You can just have an event for the sake of having an event. It could be a halfway, a half-baked idea that isn't really isn't going to affect anything two, three, four, five months down the road. It's just a little interim thing. And I know this is this is a product of their like using these events to sort of pause the books over the summer, which has happened a couple of times now. But it just seems so at a time when they're supposedly trimming the line because they want to get rid of the fat. This is the fattiest thing they're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just seems to go against everything else they're saying. Well, OK, so I, I cannot I obviously I can't say much about this because we'll we'll talk about it this week, but. We have we, we do have knowledge that this book matters. This this book is actually central to like the like meta arc of the DCU right now. Okay. So like it it matters. This is this is not gonna be a JL ape. Well uh, okay, but, but it's no. still not good. <laughs> but I disagree with that because theoretically what was the last one called? Lazarus Planet. Uh huh. That this is the next last. This is the next Lazarus Planet. Absolutely. But, the like but theoretically, Lazarus Planet mattered too because it, it changed a bunch of stuff. But it really didn't. It the only place it matters is where DC needed it to matter to change something they wanted to change. It's not like. But it's either... it's just it matters in that it's like the next part of the story though. Like it is the story. I I don't know. Because here's I mean, if it's not the story, what's the story? You mean the story of DC Comics right now? Yeah. I mean, I'd argue there really isn't one. And that's maybe the problem. I, maybe, I, I mean, I'd say yeah. whatever whatever Brainiac's got going on that we've already seen teased is the story. And this is a this that's is a only diversion. in like that's only in the Superman books, though. Yeah, but I think that's I think that's the real 
meta narrative. Right? The only thing I would push back on that on is that's not what Williamson is doing, and like, and in my Williamson is doing that. Mm, oh, you're right. He is doing Superman, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, then maybe then maybe it is. It is part of that. Then probably it is probably yeah. all tied. You're right. I I was still thinking like <laughs> Philip Kennedy Johnson was like in charge of all that stuff. Yeah, that stuff probably does matter, but it's not the like. You know, it's not the um, it's not the end of Dark Crisis stuff. I'll say that. You know what I mean? No, but mm. here, here was my point with Lazarus Planet. They wanted certain things to change in the DC universe. They wanted Power Girl changed. They wanted John Kent changed a little bit. And so they did this event to basically facilitate these slight changes to continuity. And those things, I suppose, still are counting today. But in terms of the bedrock of the DC universe, did anything change from that? Um, no, but like it, it, it was just, the, it was the status quo. It, it, like, I guess it was just like, again, I guess it's still just the next step of the story. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just the next event and not like in the, you know, capital e event book but like the next occurrence in the like current dc meta narrative and like other things will reference it this references it you know like this this story you know for better or worse is a a product of lazarus planet like this story couldn't happen in the way that it is happening well, it could, but like it is being attributed to Lazarus Planet. You know what I mean? Okay. It's just I'm trying to think of like something similar in the past at DC that would be, um, you know, like uh, that would be like a similar analogy. But I'm like really struggling to think of something. Well, and that's because you guys are both right. You know, I mean. Brian is right in, or Zach, you're right in that this is like part of the um, Dawn of DC uh, meta narrative. It does come out of Lazarus Planet, but Brian is right that as soon as this is over, are we really going to feel any reverberations from it in any meaningful sense? No, but, but that's also like Brian's point that there isn't really a story right now. Right. Right. Yeah. And and there hasn't been one, I would argue, since <clears throat> I don't even know. When was the last one? Well, but it's a, it, I, um, I'm Dark Crisis, I think. I mean it was, I don't yeah, think I, that I would argue Dark Crisis was. Even if I, I, I feel like this is just more of that. Like I feel like this is because that was all in Infinite Frontier didn't have a story. You know, it did in that there was like infinite frontier into uh, whatever Justice League incarnate into Shadow War into. Yeah. Into I Dark mean, Crisis. But it was all still it, it was still more of this. Like then you just go into Lazarus Planet and then you go into Night Tears. This is just the continuation of that thread through yeah. and through. I think you're right. I think you're right in that the structure is remarkably similar I just think those stories were better. And I think you that's really of, hated Justice League Incarnate. 
I mean, on the whole, not not every one, uh, but like we liked the Shadow War stuff, or at least I did. Shadow War was good. Yeah, Shadow um, War was good. Yes. Yeah, well, we we liked some some bits and yes, pieces in there. Shadow War was good. Yes. Yeah. I was trying to yeah. remember which one that was. <laughs> um, it, it, here's the last thing I want to say about this because I, we can just go back and forth about this all night. Sure. I think that everything that we're saying would be negated if this was just good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think any of us really care about the meta narrative if the story is fun. Like, you know, we've talked a lot about the Mark Wade sort of corner of the DC universe right now and how all of us don't quite know what the overarching like feel or what the overarching theme is going to be when all said and done there, but the books are good, so we're enjoying that. And this has every possibility to be the, to be a similar style book where it, it maybe isn't setting maybe it isn't setting the course on the map for the next five years of stories but as long as it's fun and interesting and you can sink your teeth into it a little bit doesn't really matter but because it's so boring and because nothing is happening it's sort of the worst of all worlds right it is it it is both inconsequential and also there's a thousand books coming out about it and none of it's going to matter. And a year from now, we're all going to forget everything that happened in this book. I, I can't imagine. I, I don't think, I don't think we will, but we'll, we'll talk about it next week. You really think, and again, I have not looked at this, <laughs> Come but on you, you it, really, because think, it's literally going to continue. <laughs> oh, okay. But, but Kinda. Here, yeah, well, here's, here's my point, right? Even if that's true, even if it's going to kind of continue, if I, you know, if when the three of us are living in a Volkswagen van touring the country with Stephen Stevens, um, all all freshly divorced and uh, and, uh, you know, just singing our little hearts out to, to the new Javelin record. If if it, if in the middle of Impossible Soul, I lean over to you and I say, hey, what happened in Night Terrors? You think you're going to be able to tell me? Yeah, I'll be. I will be able to tell you the the only part of it that mattered. You're really teasing next week hard. Yeah, are you on DC's payroll? What's I don't know. I, like not because it's good, but because it's like <laughs> it's gonna. I just know that it like from reading comics long enough that and like it's gonna. I mean, I don't know. I can't talk about it anymore, obviously. Like, I wish, like, I could just go into it. Like, I wish it was next week already. It's dumb that it wasn't just in this issue. It's dumb that we have to have another issue to do it. But, uh, yeah, we'll talk about it next week. I shouldn't have looked. I'm just the spoilers boy. Yeah. Yeah. I see the book pop in the, in, in the drive, and I guess gotta look at it. I gotta go to the last page. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Vince rubbing off on you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do have one last thing to say about sure. this, if that's all right. I have one more thing to say, too, but go ahead. Oh, you, know, you go first. No, please. Okay. Um, I, part of my problem is from the Snyder stuff all the way up to here. And 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 I'm look at I'm not completely condemning all of the work of, of Snyder and Williamson because we have liked a good chunk of it. I'm just talking about the overall feel of everything and 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 how it became repetitive and has become rep- and still is repetitive. Every event, even if 
Dark Crisis got the Crisis label while still feeling like any other one of these events. Um, they all seem to have to take place in this um, world or universe threatening but nonetheless nondescript landscape in the DCU. And they all involve taking on some kind of like nightmarish or, or cosmic variation or faint uh, or, or, or cosmic mind fuck or something that is like a, uh, a evil version of everything. Right. That's, that's what like every story since metal has felt like. And I, I just don't understand why the big events always have to be that why they can't be like one of the things I really miss about the, the kind of mid two thousands, 2010, like pre flashpoint DC is that the, the, the mega event would have these like real world reverberations that you would feel in the books. And sometimes they were like, political in nature or personally tragic in nature things that would um shock people and sometimes it was bad like sometimes we hated them you know again heroes and oh god this makes me this makes me sound like i want heroes in crisis to happen again but heroes in crisis was the thing that like closest came to that right like this sanctuary place was supposed to be uh this real life haven for superheroes to deal with their trauma and mental issues or whatever. And it ended up having like a, a, a terrible effect on many of the people involved. And that's the sort of thing like without wanting heroes in crisis to happen again, that's the th sort of thing, or at least like the, the an iteration on a theme that I wish DC would, would go for a little more often. And yes, it, it, what that results in is things that piss us off sometimes. Um, but I'm finding that, it was so much more interesting to follow comics on a weekly basis when things like that could happen. Um, that I'm, I'm just, God, I, I feel so dirty um, yearning for, for, for more of that, but, but it, I prefer it to these things that just kind of cosmically happen and then nobody notices, you know, well, that's a very like similar to a thing. I feel like I said a few weeks or months ago, essentially like uh, to the point that I would rather read a, it was about wonder woman about how, like I would rather read a yeah. bad comic that like swings for the fences and does something weird, which is pretty much every like Tom King comic, even if it's bad, just because like the spectacle of it and the conversation around it is so much more interesting than like anything we get in something like this, you know? Yeah. Well, and so I think that the reason that we're not getting that anymore is because when, I mean, look, this was supposed to happen with Rebirth and it didn't. And then it was supposed to happen with Infinite Frontier. And I think that's Infinite Frontier, I think actually achieved this goal, which was that we were told that there was going to be no more like gimmicky, sh schlocky, big, you know, Wally West murders people. There wasn't going to be another New 52. There wasn't going to be another Batman mind wipe. Like we we were told that the characters we love are going to stick around for a while and we're going to be free of some of the, the sort of bad decision making 
that led to some of those, you know, we used the word notorious before, some of those notorious DC stories. The mm-hmm. problem with that is when you're saying we're not going to take pieces off the table anymore, that means that anytime it seems like maybe they're going to, you as a reader say, this isn't going to happen. We've been told this isn't going to happen. And so what happens is you're you you're left with only the safest stories because the safest stories are the ones that can fit into that box. Now, what they should have done is say, we're not going to do these silly whatever gimmick stories anymore. And then they should have killed somebody off instantly and made it matter. And they almost did with Alfred. That's the other part of this. I, I don't think that the Alfred death that Tom King did was any good. We've talked about how much I hate that fucking decision. <laughs> but aside from Mark Wade not really bringing him back in Batman versus Robin, we've actually had an Alfred list DC universe for a couple of years now. Now, is it being done well in a lot of books? No, it's not. When Alfred eventually <laughs> returns, and he will there is a chance that could still feel like something, but I would rather be reading a book where at least I'm afraid that something is afraid. I'm, I'm you know, you know, you know where the re- where the, the a reader is supposed to feel the real threat in there. There mm-hmm. has not been a book that the reader has felt a real threat from since maybe Heroes in Crisis, maybe you're right, Vince. Maybe that's the last one. Mm-hmm. There's no stakes. And I guess I guess what I'm really saying when I keep bringing up Heroes in Crisis is that I, I want a story that purports to have those kind of stakes or that kind of effect on the DCU only written by anybody else at this point. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I, I'm we're, we're about to get to it, but I am absolutely done with that experiment um, <laughs> with that writer. <laughs> sure. Uh, uh but I want that sort of thing. I wanted that out of Heroes in Crisis. I mean, if you go back to before that event happened, I talked about how, you know, it, it kind of feels comical to talk about now because there's all those like, like there's a joke online about animated movie characters having to go through their trauma every, like yeah. in every cartoon now. Yeah. So it's, right. it's, it's Mario's comical. Mario's panic attack. Mario's panic attack that, that, that we all felt. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but but at the time i thought you know like if you did it right that's actually kind of a fascinating like the idea of a sanctuary if written correctly could work yeah and might have an interesting story to tell and it was a fucking mess but there was a germ of an idea there that I liked and I, I wish DC would do some more of those intentionally personal, maybe even political um, things that feel like they have some kind of weight to them. Just, and that's all just none of this stuff feels like that to me. So Vince wants DC to go woke. I, I do. I do. Now I'm picturing the, I'm picturing the video of, Mario, Mario <laughs> dancing to Billy Jean at that kid's birthday party. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. <laughs> He's really feeling himself in that. Yeah. Video. 
I, I just to wrap all this up, I don't, I don't even, I don't know what I want from DC anymore. Other than I want Jason Aaron to do a very long Green Lantern four run. That's all yes, I want. Hundred issues of Green Lantern core from Jason. Yeah, Aaron. a full Asriel. I'll, I'll I want, yeah, take nothing I less. I would, I would be happy with fifty. Even just fifty would a, be fine. Half an Asriel. I would do a half Asriel. Yeah. Uh, by the half way, we're as. not. Half as, half as it, Aaron. <laughs> but but not half Azarello. We have to make very clear oh, that, 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 as, that as does not mean Azarello. You know what? I want him back too. Oh God, I don't. No, not feels like that. shit. Just want him back. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a break. We'll be back in a minute. Hello, denizens of Earth 1218. We are the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice-monthly podcast. I'm Jaina. And I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. And we are back to talk about The Penguin. Number one, written by Thomas King, illustrated by, I checked my notes for this, I should remember, Raphael Delator. Um, by the way, did you guys flip, flip through the various covers that are in this? The Brian mm-hmm. Boland one is something. Which one is the Brian Boland one? The one that looks like it's drawn by Brian Boland. <laughs> Describe it, though. It's just the penguin's face. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. That's not the one I want to talk about. Okay. I, I, I am, I'm searching for the artist's name here. Uh, it's the worst variant I've ever seen, maybe. Oh, okay. It's, it's the one where Harley Quinn is giving a thumbs up after giving the penguin a straight out of Gotham back tattoo. Uh, uh-huh. It is the ugliest variant I've ever, maybe I've ever seen. I know I'm being very harsh on this, but it is truly, truly disgusting. Oh gosh, that's really bad. That's like Nathan Zerdy. Nathan Zerdy, I'm sorry, your cover sucks. It's like, uh, it's like trying to do some like art germ stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not at all. It's in that horrible style. Yeah. Um. And and it's and yet it's kind of going for like an animated series thing. Like the penguin kind of looks like uh-huh. Oh, that's the Brian one. I'm gonna see the but, Brian Bola one now. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I I don't like the one before it either. Uh which makes I guess that's the penguin in the background with this like blonde hair. He looks like liquid snake or something. <laughs> like, why does why does penguin look hot? It's kind of what he looks like in this book, though. Yeah, is this it the book, same the whole is it the artist? The whole premise of this book is what if Penguin hot? Oh yeah. no, this is this no. is Marquez. In, in the comic, he looked like yeah, the hair is kind of the same, but he looks lumpy. In in that variant cover, he looks like ri- like he's ripped. I mean, you don't see his body, but like he's there's just, no. You're just you're just filling the body. I'm in. filling his body in <laughs> with my mind, as I often do when I. And I normally like Marquez, but I just think I, I think yeah. first of all, I think the composition Stop objectifying the penguin. Come on. <laughs> if you didn't know if someone took the trade dress off of this, you would have no idea what comic this is. First of all, it's Catwoman no. on the cover, who's not a character in this book. 
That's number yeah. one. Number two, you would think that was maybe Apollo. <laughs> I guess yeah, I don't, even, that's what I don't I'm even know who you would think that is. Um, yeah. Wow. Anyway. If the variants are that bad, imagine how much we have to say about the comic itself. They're better than the comic, though. We'll say that. Well, let let me say this. Uh, this is this is not a full throated endorsement of this book whatsoever. However, I think that the, the thing that Tom King does the best is I, there's a, been a couple of times now. And I, I, of course, I cannot point to a, another example because my brain is mush. But I feel like this opening where it's Batman and the Penguin and they're they're in the downed bat wing, bat bat wing, and they're about to drown. I feel like King does a good job of setting up these situations that ultimately never ever pay off. So I'm not anticipating this being a good ending, but I do think those first couple of pages, the the sort of page turn surprise of Penguin being there in the Batwing with him, that's kind of fun. That was it was a good. I mean, it shouldn't be that surprising because it's a book about the penguin, but also like you, you don't ex- you don't I didn't you know expect necessarily that that was the way it was going to go, you know? Right. Uh, and so yeah, I did actually really enjoy that opening scene. I'm sure Vince didn't agree with us. No, I mean, yes, that was a fun little 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 turn there at the end sure it, it it gave me hope for this issue that was I'm, very I'm not very gonna go much that, i'm not gonna go that far. that that was very much tossed out the window when the rest of the issue happened but zach what did you think of this book um i mean it it wasn't the worst thing i've ever read it was extremely overwritten there was way too much dialogue in this um there's a page really like i feel like the most notorious sequence is the the uh section with this character from batman killing time um what the is book her we name? all remember so well yeah the book i did not read at all um where they're in like the interrogation cell and king's doing the nine panel grid while well, the artist is doing the nine panel grid but you know king is set this up to be a nine panel grid and just every panel is just full of like dialogue, like both, both word balloons and narration boxes. And it just looks bad. Like the whole, the sequence is all like gray muted tones. It's just, it was not fun to look at or read that section, that section at all. Agreed. That's exactly where I stopped reading this, by the way. Really? Oh, I, wow. didn't, I didn't I didn't finish the comic. It was only a couple pages to go, but it was. Yeah, I, I checked out so hard. It's it's so boring. It is. It is boring. Yeah. Um, I think there I will give the book a little bit of credit early on. There was some neat stuff about the penguin um, adjusting to a, a more or less real life outside of villainy. Right. Mm hmm. Um, the dialogue was uh, unbearable during this part, but when he's got the flower shop and he's got the rude customer and the bird bites, like there's an interesting nugget. Like I like Oswald in that element. I like Oswald at home cooking for his irrationally hot wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the ideas of that 
do I like? I, I, do, I don't like the writing. Um, again, I just can't. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I, I swear to God, like, I, I, I swear I'm done with this writer, but you guys keep making me read these books. Um, something about even in the inoffensive books, which I would, this is, you know, this is not as thoroughly annoying as Tom King can get, you know, uh, there's still something about it that I just slide right off of it. Uh, that the dialogue of that customer was so over the top. It was ridiculous. Like, yeah. As was the dialogue with the, uh, with the tailor, as was the dialogue during the interrogation scene. Yeah. As was the dialogue with his girlfriend. I didn't think the dialogue with his girlfriend was that bad. Personally. It was over but... the top, but it was cute. You know, it was, I'll give it sure. that. Sure. I mean, I got, I got to hand it to him for getting a nut. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, this was, a, this is a strange book in a couple of ways because on one hand you have this art that is not bad art by any stretch but it's asked to do like the most boring stuff in the world i always feel bad for artists that have to write a book that is supposed to show like just a mundane day in the life of somebody because if the script isn't giving you stuff to do and if so much of the page is taken up by dialogue and, and other boxes, you're just kind of handcuffed in this. And the, this book felt very handcuffed to me artistically. Mm -hmm. And not only that, like I understand that we're supposed to, we're, we are supposed to be internalizing. Oh shit. This isn't, this isn't your grandma's penguin, right? This is a different, <laughs> this is a different type of, of character or whatever. Um, and so I understand why I understand why they, they spend so much, they spend time doing that, but they spend way too much time doing that. There is no reason to spend this much time. They could have done the exact same thing. We would have had the same experience at the end of the book. If we only got one scene, of, if we got the scene with the penguin basically forgiving the tailor for making that shitty comment to him. We don't learn anything else about the penguin. We just relearn it over and over again. There's no reason to actually keep telling us these stories. We get the we get it. He's different. Done. Why are we still talking about this? Because I because I think that's Tom King is going for a vibe. And and they let Tom King do that and they don't let so many other people do that or so many other writers don't attempt it. Uh, I'm not excusing it. I'm just explaining it, you know, mm -hmm. but that is why like King knows what he's doing. He's by the by the third or fourth scene of this. He's saying, oh, isn't it so like this is how I get earn my Eisner's. I put these characters in situations where the reader goes, holy shit, Penguin's a normal guy. I mean, that's his whole career. His whole career is uh, Mr. Miracle is suicidal. <laughs> you know, it's, they can it's do it, that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's 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 <laughs> it's the executive uh, ashing his cigar into his lap, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it it and, is kind of interesting that. 
Go ahead. This is an incontinuity book. Yes. (laughs) Yes, good call. Um, And and that makes the zero issue make more sense. Yeah. Um, It is, I mean, I guess we're obviously like about to get another incontinuity King book, but it's been a while since he's really been given (laughs) either like wanted to do that or been given the free reign to do that. You know, who knows which it is, but I don't know. I I just, that, that's kind of surprised me. I didn't expect that to be what this book was. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, is there anything in this book that we want to talk about? No. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess just I I really checked out as soon as as soon as the reference to uh Batman killing time happened. Um because I realized that oh this is King is going to keep telling his Batman meta narrative that I've I've already discarded, you know. Sure. So that was like like seeing this character from that book show up was really disappointing. Um I I actually even though I didn't even read Killing Time, I don't I actually don't mind that part because I like when writers do that even if it's like someone I don't care for or a book I didn't read because like that kind of stuff is why I like comics, you know, yeah, when a you, creator yeah. <laughs> makes a thread, you know, and, and carries it through and it's kingdom hearts somehow. <laughs> it is. I mean, it kind of is honestly. It yeah. Is. Sort of like, no, um, sort of. it is. I mean, that's my favorite part of comics. Uh, you know, I, I like reading one person's view of the DC universe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's fun to see other people play with that too um that's fair king's still the only one who's trying to make bruce and selena happen so (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'll give him that gotta hand it to him (laughs) you do not gotta hand it to no i was a (laughs) terror group of the cia (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know is this an ongoing Uh... it couldn't be uh, eight issue mini i want to say let me look need, this up. Uh, soliciting multiversity to tell me they uh, don't put it on the they don't put it on the cover anymore because they're trying to trick you i know i called them out on that yeah <laughs> hang on i'm pulling it up right now mm. let's see This is great radio, great radio. Well, the people want to know too. No, it is not listed as a as a miniseries. Okay, they just so have like the Joker. Then, <laughs> yes. God, what? There's no way. <laughs> they know. They just don't want to tell us. Probably. <laughs> well, anyway, it'll probably be twelve issues. Let's. Yeah, that sounds about right. So that it can be in a nice big deluxe trade and King can get his Eisner. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vincey, what comes out next week? Next week being the 29th of August. Yes. The Action Comics presents Doomsday Special, number one. Uh, Batman, Catwoman, the Gotham War Battle Lines, number one. Catwoman Uncovered, number one. Gnort's Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, number one. Uh, Night Terrors, Night's End, number one. The Riddler, Year One, number six. Sandman Universe, Nightmare Country, The Glass House, number four. And Superboy, The Man of Tomorrow, number five. Well, until then... You can find two thirds of us. Uh, are are all of us on Blue Sky now? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Vince is not going to tell you what his name is on there, but you can find him probably. Um, I am at Brian in app, and I'm at the Wolfie. If you can't find Vince on Blue Sky, you can find him remaking Eastern Promises by himself <laughs> uh, <laughs> at, at home, uh, right. like like the Star Wars kid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thanks for listening, folks. Comics have never been more over. But, but there's also like a sicko part of me that's like, oh, but wait, they're cooking, you know? <laughs> <laughs>